From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here this morning. Ole Miss basketball season comes to an end last night. Ole Miss losing to Missouri by 12, maybe, I think. Uh, something like that. Uh, it was 12. Yeah. 72 to 60. Missouri handling uh, the game for the pretty much majority of it. Uh, there Missouri loves Ole Miss. Been good for good. Been good for the Tigers. So uh, there's uh, there's that Kermit that Kermit Davis with some interesting quotes at the end of the press conference or during the press conference. We'll discuss those as uh, as well. And then a um, a very boring baseball game was played out at Swayze Field last night as Ole Miss beat Alcorn State sixteen to one in seven innings last night. I got done watching it and was not. I had no idea how Alcorn kept it to sixteen to one. Was my was my one take from that? But a couple different news from Mike after the uh, after the game. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Some storylines around the NFL, Major League Baseball trying to play some games, even though they canceled more games yesterday, all the way to April fourteenth. So that and more coming up on the show. A show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. You know to uh, download the Exxon Mobile app. When you do that, you uh, get. 1,000 points, 1,000 points equals $10. You can use that right there at the pump that you are filling up at the time. Also, stop on in, lunch specials, four, uh, $5.69, two sides of bread, 32-ounce drinks, hot case, ribs, pork this weekend. If you want to let them take care of a meal, wet or dry, they'll pack them up, have ready to go. Just call ahead and pick them up there from the Blue Sky location in Oxford. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are. Clark Ford is in uh, Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number, ask for uh, Corey Clark. Tell him what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You want to order a vehicle, which is typically more par for the course these days, that's the place to go. You can handle it. Might take a couple of years, but I'm kidding. Kidding. He'll get it, get it to you. As fast as possible. As fast as humanly possible. People, yes. are, people are a little frustrated these days. A lot of frustration. Anyway, 662-257-1900. Call that number. And ask for Corey. He'll take care of you. He wants to be a car guy. He wants to be a truck guy. He will prove that to you. Uh, guest, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Uh, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to watch basketball. You got the um, turn all the tournaments going on. Uh, baseball this weekend uh, with Oral Roberts coming to town. So oh, yeah. a lot of stuff uh, going on. So you can grab a burger, po' boy, appetizers, great beer selection. A full bar and more. Rafters on the Square in Oxford and also Rafters in New Albany. Rafters in New Albany. How uh, how long, because I didn't tell you to do this, how long is Kermit's whole PC from last night? 834. You want to play it? I'll have to build it, but sure. Okay, yeah, let's play it because we're going to talk about it in a minute. We'll do it in a second. Um, Ole Miss losing to Missouri again, 7260 sure last sure I've night. I've got that downloaded file where I can find it easily. Okay. If not, not in the world. No, Just there it is. Thought about yeah, it. I, I see it. Uh, and really, I mean, the game is is secondary. Um, Ole Miss was not going to win the SEC tournament, and that was what it was required to be of any story moving forward for the, uh, the Rebels. And as we kind of get into this, and again, we'll play it in a second, is I don't <sighs> – there's a lot of things Kermit could have said last night. It's not necessarily that he said something or that he talked about next season. That's pretty par for the course. It's pretty standard. 
for a coach whose season is over at this point. But there's a few things in it that I did kind of find interesting. On a couple and I'm, and I'm fascinated uh, by this because – A couple I, notes. Go and ahead. it may be because I've listened to Kermit all year and yeah. for four years now. And, and, and I, I have not. No, no. Oh. And I didn't hear what, what you heard. And it's funny. I mean, I'm not, and, and that's not me saying you're wrong. In fact, well, there's two possibilities, and I think both are true to some extent. And I've had a lot of people tell me that, not that they agree with you because they didn't know that you said that, but they have told me similar things to what you came in and said this morning. And I think it was the reason that I wasn't like really because mm-hmm. I've heard that a few times now. But the first time I heard it last night, I was like, I didn't, I didn't hear that. And then I, several people texted me or called me with that, and. That's not what I got out of it. And okay. so maybe it would do me good to watch it again because I I was watching I don't obviously had pre written a column. Yeah. Um and uh Brian Stoltz, who covers Auburn, yeah, was in Tampa. I paid Brian to kind of cover the game. Is that for, Hughes, buddy? Isn't that the guy Hughes always interacting with? I think so. Yeah. Um I paid him to cover the game for us. And then I just didn't use a game story. But I took all the quotes and I wrote a separate story. It did let me use a dateline because we had somebody there covering the game. See, there you go. Yeah, All Um, four people noticed that. Yeah, nobody noticed it, but I noticed that it made me feel better. Um, Anyway, I didn't didn't get that, but I wrote a week ago, and I'm not not pausing. I wrote a week ago that I, I thought whatever happens, there has to be, or there needs to be is the better word, some form of explanation like a path forward a state a state of the union if you will sure and i believe that even more strongly after last night after the game the quotes the whole deal the whole deal i mean losing to missouri a third time or whatever yeah i mean had they had they not lost today they were losing i mean had they not lost last night they were losing today sure in the same way that missouri is going to lose today to lsu and 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 then that'll be that they'll have to make a decision on conzo it was just, I don't know, man. It's the way something looks. It's the way something feels. And it's been this way for a little while this year. And it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. And so if, you, if you're going to ru- run it back, I think you have to explain. And Kermit did talk a lot about the transfer portal last year. We got to get it right. Yeah. But your problem with the transfer portal right now, and I'm – I feel like I'm deviating, so I'm sorry. I'll be quick. No, you're good. They signed four guys a year ago. Mm-hmm. One contributed. Mm-hmm. One. They're signing four guys this year, and if you talk to recruiting people, and they might be all wrong, okay? But they're all like, oh, yeah, a couple of those guys have a chance to be good down the road. Okay, yeah, but you can't do that. You can't have eight guys on a 13-man roster. You get 13 scholarships. You can't have eight guys where one contributes. That That's 12.5%, and that doesn't work. And then you've got Hunter and um, Crowley. Crowley. Because you, you got Morrell that you're desperately trying to keep. So mm-hmm. let's, let's say for the sake of it that you keep him. So that's nine spots. Mm-hmm. You've got Hunter, Crowley, Fagan. Uh, Fagan Rod- has a year left. Yeah, yeah Rodriguez. Joiner has a year left, and, yeah. and Kermit talked about Jarkel as if he's coming back. Correct. So wh- where are the spots for the portal? Unless you're running off or they're leaving, and I think this is probably the case. Hunter, there's talk about Rodriguez going out west someplace for his last year. Uh, 
talk about Crowley going to like an American AAC team that type thing. So you, you create some openings, but yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you got to get the portal right, but you've needed to get the portal right the last few years. And frankly, the portal has saved them. Yeah. Can you imagine this, that team a year ago without uh, Romello White, Ooh. this team without Nas Brooks, I know he was bad at the end, but he was all they had there for a few minutes. I mean, there was, there was a point of the season where he was an anchor. So I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's uh, okay. let's play Kermit Davis. All we'll right, so uh, we'll I'll, play this, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. I, I do think it's relevant. I mean, because it's if nothing else, it's March the tenth and it's Pod Fodder. But I, uh, I there's I had two thoughts out of it, and we'll get into both those when we're done. All right. So it's gonna take me a second to set this yeah, up. Yeah. So everybody just kind of hang tight. Yeah, the Americans not bad at basketball. We're good. Not as deep as the SEC, obviously. To continue on with Ole Miss, Coach Davis, along with Matthew Morell and Jarkel Joiner, Joiner, excuse me, uh, we'll ask Coach for some general comments on the game, and then we'll take your questions just for the student athletes, and then excuse them and finish up with Coach. So, Coach, would you begin? Yeah, uh, give Missouri a lot of credit. They played well all three times against us. Uh, you know, I, I thought that we came out. And we, our biggest lead was five, with about maybe five thirty to go in the. In the first half, um, we've had we've been really challenged all year long of finishing halves and starting second halves, and it kind of reared its head up tonight. Uh, I thought Missouri, you know, I thought we had some good spots of physical play, but in the end, I thought they their team, you know, they, they beat us by 12 on the boards, uh, physical in the paint. Uh, so you know, tonight they they played really well, and uh, they, I thought they were extremely competitive in the second half. All right, we'll take questions just for the two student-athletes, and we'll begin on the right side. Go ahead. Chuck Hill, you had 10 points in the first half, three on, on one of seven shooting in the second. What did they kind of do defensively to maybe make the, the second 20 minutes a little tougher for you? Um, I, I just miss layups. I miss layups. I miss wide-open jumpers. So I feel like the defense was doing the same thing. I just just missing. That's it. Go ahead. Have another one. You know, with the season, you guys had higher expectations coming into this year than, than how you ended it. I guess what's kind of the message in the locker room amongst the players and how you kind of, you know, handle this and, and move forward with it? Um, we all know that this season was kind of, we it wasn't planned to go this way. But we all just making sure in the off season we just working hard and coming back next year with vengeance and ready to uh, play, ready to shock the world. Other questions? Raise your hand for either of the student-athletes. Yeah, for either of you guys, you know, playing against Missouri three times, was there anything different that, that they did today and, and kind of what, you know, made them so tough to match up against, you know, this, this entire season? Just physicality. We need to match their physicality. Um, this game, we changed the game plans. We started switch one through four and one through five. Um, credit them. They just got to the rim and made plays. Same, most definitely. Other questions? Raise your hand. <coughs> or either. All right, fellas, we'll excuse you. You can return to the locker room. We'll continue on with uh, questions for Coach Davis, so raise your hand, and we'll get a floor microphone to you. Hands up. I'll just start on the front row right here. Coach, obviously you've been at this for quite a while. A, a loss to end the season, or at least probably end the season, I, 
how do you take that and how do you have that discussion with your guys? First, the guys are leaving and then the guys that, you know, are coming back. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I think this is, I don't know, 38 or 39 years in college basketball, and it's probably been the most uniquely challenged, you know, with some of the guys that we've lost. We lost, you know, the highest rated player that's ever played here, Deshaun Ruffin, who was just finding his way and towards ACL. We lost our, our toughest defender, Robert Allen, the Memphis game. We beat Memphis. And then obviously Jarkel, he's still not 100%, you know, had back procedures. So we've, but every loss, God, every loss is just excruciating to us and our players. And because it wasn't, I mean, we, we envisioned us to be an NCAA tournament team. And I still think that no excuses that it were whole. I think we, we didn't sure look like one tonight. Uh, but it's such a different day and time right now than than 20 years ago or 10 years ago with the transfer portal. So I know one thing with Deshaun Ruffin coming back and these two guys right here and the four, we've got four guys in our high school class that'll be a top 20 class is that we, we've got a great, great foundation and we have got to develop the guys back and then we've got to, can't miss in the portal. We can't miss. And, uh, you know, and we, we've got to go and find guys that are physical, that, that, that are like to compete and can do it in this league. You know, last year we swept Auburn and Kentucky, and we won the fourth most games in this league. And you think about both those teams now have a chance to win the national championship. So you can get well in a hurry. We're going to get well in a hurry. And uh, this is not what we came to Ole Miss to do. And, uh, and you can get well in a hurry. So it's a tough loss, and the message to our players, we've got to go to work, and we're not going to let them down. We're not going to let Ole Miss down. And we're going we're gonna to get to work and, uh, and build a roster that's going to be able to compete with the very best in this league. Right, question on the right side. Go ahead. You mentioned the five-point lead you guys had in the first half. Obviously, they tied up at halftime, get that 11-0 run right away to start the second half. I mean, how much do you kind of think that shifted the game, and, and why was it so tough? I guess after that 11-0 run to kind of get back into it. I, I've never. We, we have we have been so inept in the last two or three minutes of first halves all year. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Just balls going in, half-court shots going in, or us our inability to guard. And then our inability to start the second half. We've done everything imaginable, trying to do things to, to get us better. Credit Missouri. They, just, they were just tougher. They present really tough matchups. I mean, our big center, you know, has not really played great against them. And we can't take advantage of his size. And they sure take advantage of their, you know, Kobe Brown and Brazil, those guys driving the ball and shooting threes. So uh, just, it's just been a bad mismatch for us. I mean, we've had a lot of success against Missouri before it. And we beat them last year twice when they were ranked in the top ten. You know, but Conzo, they just, they just did. They're a tough matchup for us for some reason, and, and they just played well all three games. So give them a lot of credit. Other questions? Go back to the right side. Hey, you, you mentioned it earlier, just, you know, having you know, no excuses with the, the circumstances you've overcome, but obviously they've been tough, and you guys have had some hard-fought games. I mean, is that kind of something that you would try to instill in this team and, and talk about moving forward, just, you know, how close you were maybe in some of those matchups you maybe shouldn't have been? Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's, it's still on us, even with the law, you know, even the loss of the key players that we've had. I mean, you know, we lost overtime at Florida, lost overtime at Tennessee, double overtime to South Carolina, two or three other one-possession games, and we haven't made plays at the end of games. And you watch college basketball, and it's not the tricky plays. These guys just go making a play at the end, you know, whether it's Chattanooga that makes one at 38 or 39 feet to win a game. I mean, so uh, 
It has. It's just been some misfortune, and uh, hopefully it's through. And uh, we've just got to do a better job. I, I do. I, I think we're what's in place coming back and, and what we've got. But we, we, we've got to go in that transfer portal and get some athletic guys that, that can go play. You know, the night that we played Kentucky and played them well, five-point game with a minute, 30 to go. But when they tipped it up, they started four transfers. You know, and I've, I've been in this league with my dad coaching since I was five years old. And you couldn't imagine that Kentucky would have four transfers to start senior night at Kentucky, you know. But it's just kind of the way of the world. And credit Cal and Bruce both, you know, what they did to, to re resurrect their rosters. And so that's what we've got to do. Raise your hand. Other questions for Coach Davis? Hands up. All right, back to the right side. Talk a lot about you know the things you want to do in the off season. Have you had any talks with the administration? How confident are you that, that you'll be that guy at the helm going oh, into yeah. the season? Yeah, I have conversations. Look, I've I know exactly. Ole Miss is uh, I've got an unbelievable AD. He was a big part of the process with Ross when they hired me four years ago. You know, we've been to the two postseasons in four years, and I thought we we're an NCAA tournament team last year and the last Power Five team to start. Uh, but it, it is it's a it's a big boy league. And I get it, and uh, but I've got a great AD. We're we're, we're going to work day and night to get this thing flipped next year, and uh, they've given us every resource to be successful at Ole Miss. So it's right on us, and uh, so we're going to go out and uh, and put together a roster that the Ole Miss fans can can be proud of, and uh, we're going to be right here next year, hopefully playing for seeding in the NCAA tournament, and uh, and having a great chance to win at Nashville. Time for one more question for Coach Davis. Anyone? All right, thank you. Thanks, guys. That was Kermit Davis, uh, Ole Miss men's basketball coach with his post-game press conference. Like I said, a couple of thoughts, a couple of the answers were interesting, um, mostly about his future, about what is uh, what, what, what he is trying to do with the roster, and then his um, – It's funny because the people in the thread agree yeah. with you. Yeah. And I listened to it again, and I still didn't get that. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll talk about it in a second. I don't want to stop, so we're going to go to a break. We'll come so back. A real we'll quick note it. on yeah, this yeah, yeah. so people know yeah. is that to ask a question yesterday, and this is not a criticism of the SEC because I've kind of heard it might be this way, but they didn't announce it until this week. To ask a question last night, you had to be there. Uh, all season, you could ask questions on Zoom. Last night, if you had to be in the building to ask questions. And it's not a criticism of the SEC, again. And had the tournament been in Nashville, a lot more people would have gone. Mm -hmm. The tournament being in Tampa makes it problematic for yeah, people. For most of the league. Probably. I mean, I would have had it been in Nashville, I would have been there last night just by chance. Yeah. But driving to Tampa and having to get up today and drive back is yeah. kind of senseless. Yeah. So we'll talk about it in a second. First, two about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in uh, Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. A lot to be offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings. <coughs> From beginner lessons with uh, trainer Susan Walt to buying your first horse and competing at nationally recognized competitions under the teachings of one of the best young professionals in the sport, Bowers Cone, Southern Traditions has high aspirations for its future. For more questions or uh, information about lessons, boarding, or sales, contact Bowers at BowersCone1 uh, at gmail.com or message them on Facebook or uh, Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. 
We're also brought to you by Bell and Grove. Uh, Bell and Grove based out of Chattanooga. It is a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. Bell and Grove specializes in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. Bell and Grove can uh, navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rates possible for their customers. In addition, Bell and Grove can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. So whether your business is in need of moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, Bell and Grove can accommodate you. Uh, they also provide both air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. For more information, call Daryl Oliver at 865-672-6557. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Uh, Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth and let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's a perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, and so many more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or TheRogue.com. I guess it's brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery. You know, they do small batch artisanal cheese and fermentations. Here locally in the Oxford area, they make them in-house every single day. They've got charcuterie, they've got bakery, catering, grazing tables, and much more. 662-419-9201 or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. And then check their Instagram page. That's just Johnston Hill Creamery. They put specials there. They show you a lot of their new items, their cheeses. They are getting made and cut and put in the cases here locally again in Oxford. So just off Molly Bar, that's 662-419-9201. So look. It's easy to say this, and it is true, that what is Kermit supposed to say? That he's obviously not going to say, hey, we're not going to go to the portal. Our recruits suck. We have no shot next year. We're going to suck. The season, the career is over. Well, duh. Yeah. So he's going to say a bunch of positive stuff. So anybody who has that thought and says, well, that's all that was, okay, it's fine. I get it. That's fine. But there was nothing in that that said, no, I've had con- – hey, I know he said, yeah, we've had conversations. But Keith Carter's pretty – Hey, we'll talk when the season's over. I mean, mm-hmm. they do have conversations throughout the season with different things and kind of the minutia of coaching and, and whatnot, things Keith sees. But big picture stuff typically is held to the end of the season. I expect Kermit Davis to be back. This is not me saying that I believe that there is a change coming because I don't. However, I do not believe that that press conference last night with what Kermit said was indicative that he is 100% guaranteed that or that he knew that going into that press conference. I, I don't believe that. Because a couple different things. Um, yeah, there was a lot of spin there. It was fine. Again, you're at a press conference. You're trying to promote your program in whatever way. You're trying to give some sort of confidence to your fan base and your administration and just representing Ole Miss. And again, you're not going to be negative in a lot of ways, so I get that. But there was a lot of, hey, we just got to do this and that last night. And all those things are more complicated than just, and he knows this, than just snapping fingers. He mentioned Matthew Morrell and Jarkel Joyner and a recruiting class as the the nucleus for why the roster was going to be, I think he said, one Ole Miss could be proud of next season. 
he mentions that next year he hoped that they were playing for seeding and playing to win the tournament, not in the current situation they are currently in. Um, Matthew Morrell is getting courted by a lot of programs. A lot of programs would take Matthew Morrell today. So there's no guarantee that Matthew Morrell is gone next year. There's no guarantee he's back, not back. I mean, that's right. not what I'm saying. I'm just right. saying that's up in the air. I do believe Jarkel Joyner is most likely back next season. That makes sense to him for, for him. And this recruiting class, it's not a bad class. Um, if you do the kind of the super score thing, you can find four stars and with three of the four guys, I believe. But any one network has them 25, 33, and 34 on three, 24 7 and rivals. Um, I, I didn't check ESPN because I don't care about the recruiting content. <laughs> uh, but those three have them 25, 33, and 34. It's a good class, fine class. It's not a program-defining class. It's not cl- a class that is going to play immediately, which is all that really matters for this tenure right now. And, and you're in a league with – Well, you're getting dudes. And I dudes mean, if you were playing in Conference dudes. USA, yeah, yeah sure. those are really good classes. In the SEC – I mean, I wrote this last night. I mean, Kentucky's Kentucky. Tennessee's elite now. Arkansas has an elite class coming in. I mean, it is elite. Um, who knows what happens with Will Wade, but they've got multiple five-star commitments. Alabama's got big-time players coming in. It, it's just that's what you're up against. And so when you're 34th or whatever in, in the country, it's not that it's a bad class. You're not saying, hey, these kids, these kids suck, they can't play. But it's if they can't come in and help you right away and be at least rotationally impactful, it's not elevating you to the level that it's dragging you down. About. If they're sitting on the end of the bench because they're developing all week, they're not helping you. But him talking about, you know, he he complimented Keith several times. He gave those answers about the administration and the backing and the support he's getting and whatever. It was he was taking it on himself a little bit. If you want, I mean, depending, there's so many so many lens here. There's a lens where he's almost kind of reminding Keith that, hey, look, it's if, if if this doesn't work, it's sort of your failure too, frankly. There's a lens where, hey, I'm just saying we're good and we're all in one boat and it's this positive spin, but it almost felt I don't desperate is too strong, but in a way of pointing out things that I'm trying to accomplish to keep my job, not a confidence in a have my job. Those are two completely different things. And I didn't I did not sense anything in that press conference that told me he was given complete reassurance and that it was simply him putting his plan in place that was 100% going to happen. It felt like, to me, almost kind of the same thing he would stay in a postseason meeting with Keith or administration as the pitch to keep the job or to keep support for that thing. So you heard that as a campaign speech? I did a little bit, yeah. All right, let me ask you this because I'm curious. We're just Again, I heard it as a campaign speech, but then at the same time, what the hell is he supposed to say? You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, no, no. It's not a criticism. Yeah, no, I know. I'm what just... did you What did you make of um, Yolette McPhee McEwen's tweet oh. supporting Kermit? Was that just two friends, or did that feel? Like... I think it's two friends. I, I mean, Keith is not going to base a decision off her. Well, of course not. I just did you view that as desperate, or did you view that as just her going out on her own, supporting someone that she likes? And the reason I ask is because I got that, I got asked that a ton of times yesterday, and I said, "Well, I don't know her. I do not believe Kermit requested her to do that. No, I, don't, I don't either. Yeah, do no, you, I think she went out on her. Do own. you think Keith did? No. Okay. I, my gut is she did that independent of anything. 
I mean, she tweets a lot. That, that okay. shocked me. That, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and for the record, this is not a criticism of her at all. I am sure Kermit has been really good to her, to her program. Yeah, and she's a supportive program person. And she supports person. the other sports. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so I didn't know whether that was just – I think it's coincidence. I got asked it a lot last night. Oh, really? Yeah. People like, what do you think? What do you make of that? And my response was, I don't know her well enough to really judge it. It's probably just her being supportive, but. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, You thought he was merely just throwing the spin out there that you throw into a postseason press conference. (sighs) I heard it like. I and I could be. I mean, listen. It won't be the last time, the first time, or the last time that I'm wrong. I heard it as him believing that he's been assured that he'll be back. Oh, really? You think he's been given told? Yeah, we're all good. I don't know that. I, I, but I, I listened to him, and I thought I sensed some confidence in that regard. Okay. Okay. But I could be completely wrong. I mean, I'm openly admitting that. So if it goes the other way and everybody goes, you were wrong, I, I don't – I'm freely admitting I don't know. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people. At the end of the day, I think it's Keith Carter who makes that call. I'm sure that the chancellor has some input on it. Sure. But I think that's Keith Carter's call, and I think Keith keeps things like this incredibly close to the vest and pretty buttoned up. Mm-hmm. And so I will say this, though. If, if change is imminent – I think it's going to be a complete surprise to everyone who works inside the Tui building. Yeah, I do not believe change is imminent. I, I, I don't. I think Kermit Davis is back. Again, easily could be wrong. I just don't think Kermit has been told he's coming back, in my opinion. What was interesting, did, I don't know if you saw this, Mark Long, who works for the AP in, mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah. Did you see his tweet last night? No. He, he put out a tweet last night about um, Ole Miss losing, and he – said that he expected that Ole Miss would go after Florida's Mike White. And that an AP writer. An AP, Mark Long, yeah. Which Th- is – There there has been some – some that un- I say that because Associated Press writers have a higher standard to do stuff like that. They can't just yeah. opine all the time. Although I don't know like, – I don't know him, so I don't know whether he typically opines on his own or, or what. I will say this. If you're going to do it, you you, you, you need to do it quickly. You need to give yourself an opportunity to get out in front of the job market. Okay, Mark was it was I found it. Ole Miss loses seventy two sixty to Mizzou in the opening game of the tournament. Gators fans will now wait and see what happens with Rebels coach Kermit Davis. If he's fired, Ole Miss will likely come after UF's Mike White. Right. And now it doesn't take a lot to get the. I mean, you know. Well, if you work for the AP and you put that out, you're, you you you've at least heard something. Mm-hmm. And it's conceivable that you've heard something incorrectly, but. You've heard something. Uh, you know, and Mike and the Gators play today at, I think it's 11 Central against Texas A&M in a, what is essentially an NCAA tournament game. Sure. Yeah, they have two in a row, the winner. Yeah, the winner gets another one. a play-in game tomorrow, I think, against Auburn. That'd be fun, huh? Hey, all we got to do is beat those guys. Yeah. Who do you think wins today? Uh, I've really liked the way A and M's played recently. They they've played with a, a real edge. And Florida's good. Castleton's a very good player, but he's kind of it has to go through him. He has to, for them to win. He has to dominate. 
when he doesn't dominate, they don't win. Frankly, the hardest part of what you're talking about, and again, they got Romello last year. Um, they got what you should have expected out of Ty Fagan this year. Frankly, you had a you yeah. had you, you had a you had a sample size inside the conference. Yeah, I mean, a, a three year sample size. Yeah, what what was coming was probably what was what was coming. Um, point being, the hardest part of believing that is not necessarily even that a couple of the recruits maybe are better or not, whatever. It's the portal. Yeah, because. Ole Miss as a school right now is pretty conditioned to the portal helping and only helping. You know, you look at the portal and football, obviously Lane Kiffin has done as good of a job as anybody in the country from the portal standpoint. They did not lose anybody in the portal that they did not kind of know they were losing or helped lose, if you will, yeah. um, for the most part. You look at baseball, Ole Miss went and got John Gaddis from Corpus Christi. He's the Friday night starter this week. The women's golf team picks up Isabella Fierro from Oklahoma State yesterday, one of the top players in the country. The men's golf team picks up an All-American from Boise State this week. I mean, everybody's getting the portal, and it's nothing but riches, and they're all coming in. I mean, that's the challenge for Kerman is that Ole Miss basketball is not on the tier that that's only a one-way door. It's not just – you've got Morrell sitting over here you've got to keep, and they might, not saying they won't. They might, that tampering portal – so you have the transfer portal, and before that you have the tampering portal. And people bitch yeah. about the tampering portal, but come on. Just, that's life. Yeah, I mean, just shut up. It's really active. And I don't know what Matt's going to do. I mean, I, I don't know. And then you have another problem, potentially, is that there's a chance there's an opening on the Alabama staff. And it's not exactly a secret that NATO covets Levi Watkins. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And if Levi were to leave, there goes your, there, there goes the recruiting part of your staff, which is it's part of the problem. Is I think that you're really leaning on kind of one guy with a lot of national connections to go put together this transfer portal class. And how many spots do you have? I mean, are you willing to move off of how many of the four guys that were freshmen this year? The other three, other than Deshaun, are you willing to move off of? Because if you only move off of, say, one, then you've got six freshmen or sophomores, well, actually seven, including Deshaun. Right. Who are, you, you've got – Chase, it's the, roster's, the roster's screwed up. You can do this. You can talk about this until you're blue in the face, and you can be like me today for whatever reason trying to be somewhat diplomatic. The roster's messed up. Unless, unless the freshmen come in and of the four, three can play. I don't mean, I don't, I don't, you don't have to start, but you got to be able to give quality minutes from the get-go. Can you come in and give 15, 16 minutes off the bench? Can you come in and play? Can you contribute? Can you fill a role, whether it's to be a three-point shooter, a backup point guard to give some minutes, whether it's to go be a guy that gives you some rebounds, to be a guy that can be a lockdown defender, whatever the case may be, you've got to get something out of those guys. Part of the problem this year, yeah, they talk about injuries, and the injuries are real, but the injuries are magnified by the fact that you have a bench that includes three freshmen that can't play. Unless they can't play ever, but they can't play right now because they're not playing. So that's the problem. It'd be like what Mike's got, what, 25 guys? Yeah. If, if if the roster had seven I mean, or thirty five total, but sure. yeah, but, but dress what twenty five, twenty seven. Okay, so you dress twenty seven guys. If if ten of them couldn't play right now, 
you're going into games pretty you're going into series pretty thin. Mm-hmm. If your bullpen has 12 guys in it, but you only trust four of them, or your pitching staff has 12 guys, but you only yeah, trust four yeah, of them, yeah. well, you're going to have problems over the course of the season. You're going to have days where you're fine because the ace goes out and, and shoves it up their ass, right? Mm-hmm. And you're good. But when you got there are other get, days, when you, got into, you get into Saturday and Sunday in SEC play and the other team's a good hitting team too, and you look up and it's 12 to 10 in the fourth inning, and you're like, son of a. I need arms. Well, I don't have any. Well, that's that's on you. That's the problem is you get into the season, and, yeah, you lose uh, Robert Allen early, and then you lose Deshaun, and you lose Jarkel, and you know, all this stuff. But you have these dead spots on your roster that if you if those spots were filled with guys who could play some, you could have at least put some form of a bandage on the wound instead of just bleeding out the way that they did. Yeah. All right, we got plenty of time to discuss that as we move forward. I mean, it's just getting started, frankly, for that matter. I mean, that's it, it's kind of like the season. There's a scoreboard. He will come back or he won't. There will be a transfer portal. Names will go in. They will pick schools, and we'll have an answer at some point. But we'll continue to talk about it in the meantime. I will tell you about Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 MBPS, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband, that's NESpark with a C dot com. 662-238-3159. Phone service available. Portal controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender if you need that, and more. So call the office for details. Get the best internet in Lafayette County. Again, 662-238-3159. Brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. Are you on the job hunt? Whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. Whether you're in IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or maybe you don't even know what you're looking at, they can help you at Service Specialists. Their goal is to get to know you, your strengths, and see what you're looking for in your next career move to find you the right fit. Service uh, Specialists uh, can also help if you're looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send for people that are looking for a job. Uh, there's, it's free. There's uh, no charge to you at all. So you have nothing to lose. So give Will and Sydney or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website at servicespecialistltd.com. We are also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's Grenada Nissan USA. Dot com. We're also brought to you by Opa, Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Delicious menu featuring gyros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, and more. Handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, candlelit patio, 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse in Oxford. And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about traveling, get in touch with John. Give it a shot one time. He will make your trip a special one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. And all you have to do is get in touch with him. Just give him some parameters, give him a budget, and he'll give you options. And know this, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387. Or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net. Martin Palomo and I will be taping a Mind on My Money later today. I think that's the plan, at least. That's brought to you by Pinnacle, which is home to the Pinnacle 
401k advisory services team. They can conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. That's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. I guess also brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Go to the events page. Something going on this week and every week locally in Oxford and Lafayette County. Also links for where to stay, where to eat, what to do and see, as well as plenty of other resources. Got some sporting events going on for a while, including Ole Miss and Oral Roberts this weekend. Softball at home as well. The uh, league season is only a week away. They're at Auburn, but they come back home and I think play Alabama the second week of the year. And then go ahead and get those hotels if you would like for later in the uh, later in the spring when the weather warms up. Got double decker again there in April. Busy weekend, Grove Bowl, double decker, and Ole Miss and Mississippi State baseball that weekend. So again, visit OxfordMS.com/events. Uh, as we mentioned in the opening, Ole Miss knocking off Alcorn State sixteen to one last night. Alcorn State entered the uh, entered the day being outscored 106 to 8 on their season. Um I think everybody had scored at least 12 runs against the Braves. Really bad. Uh <laughs> they hit a solo home run in the first. They did go up one nothing, so there was there was that moment. Um and then they just couldn't throw strikes from the very beginning. Uh it had a high school feel to it because they started just bringing in position players to pitch and it was just yeah, it was I don't know why you play the game. Um it like we talked about scheduling. Yes. There's no reason to schedule them. Schedule anybody else. I mean, literally in the country. Anybody else. If you want to play the in-state teams, fine. Play Jackson State. They're fine. Play them. Good. All good. Mm-hmm. Play them. I, Are you just looking for an excuse for why you didn't write a comprehensive 6,000-word no observation? 6, My observation was that it doesn't mess up anything for Friday. That's overblown. I kind of get tired of that comment, but... I'm not going to criticize Ole Miss for not being able to hit a 62 mile an hour fastball yesterday. Well, it was 62. Chase, if you can't hit 62, how the hell are you going to hit 92? I guarantee they'll hit 92 better than 62. Because a lot of the guys, I mean, they are almost wanting to play it like softball where you just drop your shoulder and try to yank it. And like, it just. Hitting coaches don't like that. No, I mean, Ole Miss scored 16 runs on eight hits last night in six innings. Just. It, it, they walk fourteen times. What last time night. did you get out of there last night? Um, I had to talk to Peyton about something that you're aware of, so I sent him a text at nine thirteen that I was walking out. So it wasn't bad. I mean, oh, okay. from that standpoint, it was fine. It the game kind of got going. It was okay because Ole Miss didn't score in the fifth or the sixth, so that helped. Yeah. They kind of <laughs> they had a five run third and a seven run fourth, and you thought, oh god, this is. This is going to be a problem. And then after that, it kind of calmed down and it, it did whatever. Um, did you go down to the field? Were, were a lot of people, <laughs> did people ask questions about the game? Uh, yes, they did. Actually. <laughs> a couple of them. Like, what were the questions? I don't. Um, <laughs> well, it is the thing. Every, every single time it's like, hey, who do you need, Mike? I need Mike. <laughs> yeah. that is, and if any of y'all start doing, hey, in the third inning. <laughs> no, the only, I mean, we talked to Peyton about it stealing three bases in one play. Which was yeah, different. That was cool. Yeah, as Mike said, they've been doing this game a long time. There's still things you don't see always. Yeah, it's one of the great things about baseball. Is you never know. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, there's a reason why that happened. I mean, that was <laughs> well because Peyton told us last night. probably not happening against Tennessee. Well, they say Peyton told me he goes. I was just kind of shocked. He goes, I get picked off, frankly, because I'm not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. You get to second, you steal the base, and then you look up, and he goes, I looked up, and the third baseman was just standing by the shortstop. So I went, well, okay. So I ran. He said, a little closer than I meant for it to be. And he goes, I get to third, and I look up, and Clement's just pointing toward home. And he goes, I look, and <laughs> nobody's the, at home. Where was the catcher? He covered third. Oh, that's right. Because the shortstop's over here. So once second. he ran past the catcher, that was night-night. Oh, well, yeah. I yeah. mean, literally, there was nobody in the frame when he got to the plate. Because <laughs> that would have required the first baseman to beat him to the plate. Execu- yeah, I mean, come on. That, 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 that play was not being executed in that way at all. Um so it was scored as three stolen bases for Peyton Chatagnier yeah. on that yesterday after getting picked off. It's a stat builder. It was. And I was really worried for him for a second because I thought the ref missed the the, um, ref, the umpire missed the call at second base. I thought that actually he was out, and I thought that would really suck now if we go back and because they reviewed it. And that you, was really important. And you lose all three stolen bases. Yeah, you were just caught stealing at that point instead. <laughs> um, Oxford High could beat Alcorn, don't you think? It would be very competitive. Yeah. It would be competitive. Because, I mean, there was a couple posts on the board last night. And I mean, God help you. I love you. Pay the nine ninety nine. I appreciate it. But it was like, hey, why don't we only score 16? It's like, just get out of it. Like, Ole Miss was not locked in last night. There was nothing about that game that was, hey, let's, like, go run it up. There's no reason to beat them 29 to nothing. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Just get out of there. Yeah. I mean, I told Neil, one of the Alcorn State guys pitched in a hoodie. I mean, it, it, was just, it was cold. It was cold. Oh, it was cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> couple bits of news. Uh, Calvin Harris kind of had some some soreness, strain in his midsection from the weekend. He was initially supposed to start at catcher. They thought he would be fine. They took BP, and he had it been a league game, I think he would have played. But they said, no, let's not do that today. So they put Knox Laposter behind the plate, did fine, had a good day. Yeah, come on. Um, don't test an injury against Alcorn State, for no, God's sake. of course not. Um, so they put Knox in, and then he also said that Jack Doherty will pitch on Sunday for the Rebels. Okay. So your rotation this week, Gaddis, Diamond, Doherty. Frankly, three in a row that I don't think makes a lot of sense. I think all three guys are on days different than they will eventually be if those are the three guys. I think this is simply a placeholder to get them all sort of situated, then we'll go from there. Um, and then you have a, quote, short week because next week you play on Thursday. And that's kind of the problem a little bit because that's what that's what I don't like about it because Doherty hasn't pitched. If you wanted to throw him on Friday, you could just put him in on Friday. I guess maybe he hadn't had his normal pin day, but otherwise everything's fine for him to get some work on a Friday. Gaddis just makes so much sense on Saturday. I mean, we'll see what he does. Maybe he blows up and is terrific on Friday. I know part of it is they think he's the one guy that can really extend and maybe save the bullpen. So you're not ruining the bullpen on day one. Um, but if you're just straight taking their skill sets and, and sticking them into a stereotypical, traditional way that you would normally operate, none of these three guys are necessarily on the day that they would be on if you were doing that. So I'm kind of curious to see what Mike does the next few weeks and sort of trying to, to put that together. Um, but, yeah, as of right now, Gaddis on Friday, Diamond on Saturday, Doherty on Sunday – it is going to be a quite a cold one on Saturday. I think we have some snow in the forecast on Friday. I mean, they are they are getting killed by the weather after that opening weekend. So it's, it's kind of the price you pay. I remember telling or you playing that, baseball in March. Well, no, it's just I, when that it's just kind of a karma thing when that weekend first weekend weather was so great. I was like, ah, they're going to pay for that. I just kind of felt like they would. That's maybe me being a pessimist at times. 
Well, this isn't going to hold up. And March here is always kind of cold. We always get one last real cold snap before it gets warm again. You got a question in the uh, super chat from Jackson Norris. Okay, what is I'm not sure that I understand it completely. He says if you have to schedule Southern or Jackson State, not Alcorn. I guess he means if you have to schedule in-state, schedule Southern uh-huh. or Jackson State, not Alcorn. And he says, and I don't blame Plumlee. Um, we know he's there at UCF. Why, why didn't they change the signs? Okay. On the signs thing, they change the indicator all the time. And frankly, Ole Miss doesn't do a ton. It doesn't really matter. It's the part um, of the interview with Peyton that people didn't hear. Was when he when he answered, because I asked, how did you guys navigate the rest of the weekend? And he said, well, we don't really do a lot with signs. Yeah, so it's it, it's not some crazy thing. It's, it's not even, it, okay, look, they did nothing to change the game at all. It did zero to actually alter the game in any way. I'm not sure it would have altered the game in any way had UCF known every sign and had time to relay it. I just don't think it would have mattered because of the way Ole Miss operates offensively. And it's not even that he stole the signs. I don't know that anybody goes, hey, nope, that's not allowed. You're on the other team and you use the advantages you get. Yeah. The frustration that came from Ole Miss players, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not calling it an entity, and some players, not all, some were fine. Some were more upset than others. Yes. Sure. Was that he hung out with them on Thursday. He's obviously friends with some of them. Went but the there's, a, I'm one of you. I'm, we're hanging out, and then you do it to them the next day. And they they granted him a lot of access, a lot of access to the practice on Thursday. As a matter of fact, just to catch up and say hello to a friend, and then the next day, instead of him kind of being like, "Hey, I'm not playing. I'm not going to help Ole Miss, but I'm not going to help. I'm just going to sit and watch the game. Yeah, proverbially eat some popcorn and watch the game, which I think everyone would have been cool with. And he, he could, was quote unquote caught, caught doing it. Yeah, and it. They're in the middle of a game. Tensions are high. It's why the Ole Miss celebrated a little more on Friday than made a lot of sense, frankly, at sure. the time. Because I was kind of looking around going, what, what's that about? That was- and then let's be real. And this is a group of yeah. 20-some, 30-something people. Not everybody likes everybody. Well, of course. So, And sometimes you like someone more than someone else likes them. Or less, or whatever. There, there's there's personalities there. There's mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, so it really it was not about just sign stealing. It was more of the entire weekend in totality that 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 plays a role into this. Yeah. And I kind of I mean, I kind of see fault everywhere in a way. Like I, 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 I don't too. really it's no big deal. Yeah, I I don't it'll be an afterthought by 2 weeks. When they go to planes, I would kind of like to know what McCann's what McCants knew or didn't know though, because when he rounded third, he did kind of pimp it a little bit on Friday. <laughs> oh, I think they knew. I think yeah. everybody in the dugout knew yeah. at that point. Yeah, I don't think it was a secret. Mm-hmm. It gave him some juice on Friday night. It did, you know. And and what would have been kind of sleepy? Yeah, sure. It's March non-conference. You know, you're hanging out in Orlando, playing, and all of a sudden it means something. Had a conference feel to it. It sort of did. Yeah. UCF had a good environment. Yeah, it had a good environment. Had a lot of people there. And then it got chippy. 
And some SEC games are going to get chippy because a lot of SEC teams play chippy. Lots of them. It was still a little chippy on Saturday, and then by Sunday it all dissipated, and there was really no chippiness at yeah. all on Sunday. I, mean, I think everybody realized, hey, well, and Ole Miss was the better team. UCF pitched well yeah. on, on Saturday, yeah, but, which is part of baseball. Yeah. And like Peyton said, you, you never want to lose, but sometimes sometimes you need – Sometimes you need to lose a game as a reminder that, hey, we, we do have to come to work and do our jobs, and we do have to play the game with a certain degree of intensity. And when you're blowing the hell out of everybody, you, you lose that. You do. Whether you, uh, you do. Happens all the time. Happens in professional sports. This weekend, see if anything is of any really relevance, and frankly, it looks like a bunch of really bad baseball. Uh, other than Texas plays South Carolina this weekend. It's going to be kind of interesting. It looks like it's maybe in Columbia. It's going to be cold in a bunch of places, too. Yeah, there's a bunch of bad, bad series this weekend. Who plays this weekend? High Point in Kentucky. Oh, that'd be a big one. Gonz- well, actually, Gonzaga's at Missouri. I mean, it's, it's a tough series for Mizzou. Okay. And they don't need tough non-cons. That's not, it doesn't that's matter. not the route for it Mizzou. It doesn't matter. They're not going to the tournament. <laughs> And the AD is not staying up at night about it either. No, is he? it's 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 fine. <laughs> He's, I mean, I, we talked to Gabe about it. <laughs> Missouri seriously just got in the league and went, "Yeah, we're not doing that." You guys are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, whatever. Have at it. Like we'll 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 pitch and play and whatever. But <laughs> I shouldn't say this on this show. Gabe hired a kid to cover baseball for uh-huh. them, and he sends Gabe a text. How do you get to the press box? <laughs> and Gabe's like, "I don't know. Just find it." <laughs> it's the Part up at the top. Just go up the steps and get some. They'll let you yeah, in. It's, it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Gabe threatened to uh, publish our text chain last night over the basketball game. Yeah, yeah, because it was it was it was humorous. Uh, Wagner Vanderbilt, mm. Princeton, Mississippi State. Oh, Bethune Cookman, LSU. Really, Lipscomb, Georgia. Seton Hall, Florida. Everybody's playing warm-ups. Rhode Island, Tennessee. Binghamton, Alabama. Texas, South Carolina. Okay. Middle Tennessee, Auburn. Santa Clara, Texas A&M. And Oral Roberts, Ole Miss. Okay. I mean, Ole Miss might have like the third toughest opponent this weekend. Wow. And it's that. Everybody's playing warm-up series. Yeah, I was seeing if anybody was in a tournament. And no. Well, Arkansas... (laughs) Arkansas is playing Illinois Chicago. They must be doing some kind of like weird. I don't know how they're playing the three games. It looks like it's off on a schedule standpoint. I'm not sure how or why. But yeah. Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah. Elko did kind of admire his home run too. Like he didn't look at anybody or anything, but he kind of stood there and, and viewed it for a minute before he, he, he took off to first. Whatever day that was. I guess that was Friday night too. Five home runs Friday night. Yeah, that was it. Look, that was it from last night. There's no other news. There's, there's nothing. That's... We're not going to do a pitch by pitch breakdown of the second inning. I don't remember. The okay, inning. <laughs> I, I zoned out for like 45 minutes somewhere in the middle. Like yeah. I just completely was was not. <laughs> I was arguing that we should have a 15 after five run rule. If we're going to have a seven after ten, yeah, we should have a 15 after five. Everybody was signed off on that last night. Yeah. Was there a big crowd last night? No. Yeah. 
No, it was cold. It was cold. Yeah. When you're playing Alcorn State on a Wednesday. No, it was it was it was not a big crowd. By the way, I would have made you some money last night on that Georgia Vanderbilt basketball you, game. You felt good about that. I, didn't you? I did. I, I loved Vanderbilt minus a handful of points. Just had a feeling Georgia would quit, and boy, did they. Rolled over. There was nothing. I mean, there was no reason for them even to have energy last night. No, and they and they didn't. It's kind of the, them sending a final message to their coach. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like here, you suffer. And it was kind of a combination because we also knew that Vanderbilt could have a little spunk in them last night. Like, yeah. Well, Vanderbilt's not a bad team. They're not a good team, but they're not a bad team. I mean, they're over five hundred overall. They're okay. Yeah, they're okay. They got a, and they have a really good player. They do, which helps. And the, they're the big that missed a lot of. The and I mean, se- helps psyche, not duh. He helps yeah. the the big that missed a lot of the season is back, and he's a good player. Yeah. So today at eleven o'clock, you got Florida A and M, obviously a play in game, or a play in to get into a play in. Missouri LSU that is at one o'clock today. The Tigers nine and nine in the SEC. The other Tigers five and thirteen in the SEC. Missouri's at hell. They're playing South Carolina tonight in the five o'clock game to start session two, and then Vanderbilt Alabama is your nightcap tonight, which actually has a chance to be a decent game. If you're going to pick one, that, that that's, it was a great game in Nashville a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's got a chance to be a decent a, a, a decent game there. Don't 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 hate that. Jackson points out that UIC and Arkansas are playing twice today because of the threat of snow tomorrow uh, and has okay. pulled it up. They're, they have a winter weather. So they're playing advisory. two today and one Saturday. I think so. Okay. Total snow accumulations of one to three inches and locally higher, blah, blah, blah. Okay. They've gotten a lot of snow up there. Really? This winter, yeah. Okay. Podcast brought to you in part by GNM, 662-236-2222. Let them help you out with all your pharmaceutical needs around South Lamar and Oxford. Are on the square in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Fee prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have what you need when you need it with Tyson Drugs and G&M. Also, they offer uh, right-way meds to individually package your medication for those who need that extra step. So, again, 662-236-2222. College Corners, your one-stop rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names. Same great products and services if you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area. Call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. Also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry in Oxford, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for about 75 years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, you name it. They've got it at Lamons. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry, LamonsFineJewelry.com or 662-234-2777. Also brought to you by ACS, Automation and Control Systems, LLC. Uh, if you're in need of custom HMI and SCADA solutions or Lord or Lord large or large. Why is that so hard to say in connection or large horsepower VFD specialist ACS has you covered. They can service and install Rockwell automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB square D and many other manufacturers. It's ACS LLC MS.com or call six, six, two 
601-4381. Also brought to you by Game Changer Patches. They're the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. Overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. Go to uh, GameChangerPatch.com. Enter the promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for uh, 20% off your purchase. Don't forget this weekend, it is the um, Oral Roberts Ole Miss Baseball Series. It's also the out-of-the-park sales event from Dead Soxie. At the conclusion of the series on Sunday, Dead Soxie will discount match the number of home runs the Rebels hit over the three games with a multiplier of 10 as a percentage discount. So if Ole Miss hits five home runs, the promo code will activate for 50% off. If they hit six, 60% off. It will be capped at 60%. So uh, at the end of the game on Sunday, spring into action and take advantage of this incredible offer by going to deadsoxy.com. Use the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout and uh, get the receive the home run sale percentage off all orders uh, with the uh, promo code REBELGROVE. And uh, don't forget about bro throw. A lot of games going on, a lot of college b- basketball, obviously NBA. You can bet those games at BroThrow. It's a social sports betting network, free to use. Uh, really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, no juice. Over time, that saves you money. You can start your own group, make friends, invite your friends. It's BroThrow.com. So uh, nationally, yesterday, the only really news going on in baseball, they have canceled more games. They are now canceled through April the 14th. Most people believe that I actually will get a deal in place before they cancel anymore for a couple different reasons. But um, there has been some movement in, in, in a number of different ways. That is two weeks of games that have now been uh, pushed back and opening day, uh, April 14th, for uh, that if they can get to an agreement. The two interesting aside yesterday, um, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin tweeted a harsh message to MLB's owners threatening to re-examine the league's antitrust exemption if the owners didn't resolve their work stoppage soon. So a little pressure from Congress there. And then uh, Steve Cohen, who typically trips over himself in some way or another, the Mets owner, he uh, gets on Twitter and liked a tweet indicating the owners will never accept an offer from the players. As the Athletic says, I'm no business expert, but that plainly indicates bad faith negotiations in his opinion. So there's uh, there's that coming from a baseball guy that I read a lot, Chase Andy McCullough. Yep, I know Andy. Oh, I don't know him. I don't know him. Yeah. Used to cover the Royals. Is a phenomenal writer. Um, he he paints a really bleak picture today. What does he believe? He he thinks that it could. He said there won't be baseball before April the fifteenth, and he thinks it could get a lot worse. Really? He referred to it as a game of whack a mole. Uh huh. That every time you know you whack the mole, a new one pops up. Yeah, sure. And he says that this latest round with the international draft, the players believe that it is so skewed towards management that it's non-negotiable. And for owners, it's a sticking point. And he thinks that the acrimony that exists between the two sides already just gets intensified by this because both sides now think, management now thinks, hey, we've made you a fair offer. And the players think, yeah, but you're trying to sneak this thing in that you know we hate. And that he's afraid the two sides could really get drawn drawn in. Where everybody loses and it gets just stupid. An MLB official described, I'm reading from McCullough, from McCullough MLB official described the intentional draft, international draft as a, quote, structural roadblock. Asked when it became apparent this could hold up the deal, the answer was brief, too late. 
The rejection of the offer was delivered by MLBPA Chief Negotiator Bruce Meyer, who uh, traipsed a few blocks through the rain from the union's nearby office to counter. The league responded with the equivalent of an out-of-office email reply. Rather than make a fresh proposal, MLB presented three options. One, eliminate the qualifying offer and incorporate the draft. Two, keep the draft pick compensation system in place and continue without a draft. Or three, table the decision until November 15th, 2022, at which point the union could vote on the draft. If the MLBPA declined to implement the new system, MLB reserved the right to reopen the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, after 2024. He says, you will not believe this. The union did not like those choices. But a league official insisted the owners would not revisit negotiations until the MLB picked one of those three lanes. The union made a, a, a counter offer, a fourth option, pushing the decision to that date in November with the caveat that the qualifying offer would return for the 2022-2023 season if the draft wasn't implemented. An MLB official said that counter arrived after a 6 p.m. deadline, which triggered Rob Manfred's email to the media. The two parties were expected to haggle into the night toward a resolution, uh, but only then an MLB official indicated could the two sides get back to bargaining the rest of the deal. All it meant was another day off a calendar, which already grows uh, less forgiving. Hmm. Okay. Here's Uh-oh. the thing. I, you see this more and more. Like there was an announcement that MLB had reached a deal with Apple Plus. Yeah. Okay. Saw it. Well, not everybody does Apple Plus. And so Friday nights, which for a lot of people in the summer, is a night that you a baseball turn night. on baseball night. Sure. Friday nights are going to be exclusive on Apple Plus. It's copying the NFL without realizing you are not in the NFL. Bingo. Because NFL did Amazon and goes, oh, well, see, they did it, so we'll do this. Yeah, but people love the NFL. And and people bet the NFL. Yeah. And people have fantasy football teams that mean, hey, it's Bengals, Eagles tonight. Yeah, I, I got Joe Burrow. I'm watching. Yeah, I'm in. Right? And so they'll go get Amazon. And the truth is Amazon is more prevalent than oh, yeah, yeah. Apple Plus. Sure. And so you, you have a problem. And baseball doesn't get it. This is baseball's problem. It's been baseball's problem for a while. And people come back and fight with what's really healthy regionally. No one's arguing that. But at some point, and I've had this conversation with some baseball people, and they're concerned about it. At some point, if you're not popular nationally, that lack of popularity mm-hmm. trickles down into regional. Sure. Where suddenly people don't give a shit regionally. Well, n- I'm sure regionally it's a really big story. Nationally, nobody's really missing them. They don't care. Nobody's talking about this. In fact, more and more people are kind of like me. Like, eh, you know what? Don't play. Well, I mean, look at us. We did the last segment on this before I mentioned a random trade in the NFL. Yesterday, well, several days. Well, I mean, shit, last week we led, the, we led the whole damn show with broadcasters in the NFL. I know. Couldn't tell you. I couldn't care less who's doing Sunday night baseball. I don't care. No. I'll have at it. No. Don't care. No, and everyone watches. And I get there's 17 games versus 162. It doesn't matter. It's a product. sense of urgency, it's a product. but it is what it is. It's a product. Um, the, the NBA playoffs will begin, and even people who don't watch the NBA will watch the uh, TNT show with Kenny Smith and Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley yeah, yeah. and, and uh, um, uh, Eddie Johnson. Ernie Johnson. Ernie Johnson. Yeah. They'll all watch that show because it's great. They're all funny. And like the other night, 
Shaq did the thing with the gas prices that made no sense, and Charles Barkley just looked at him dumbfounded for two minutes, and and it was an in, internet sensation. Yeah, baseball doesn't have that, Chase. They no. don't. They don't have that, and so. And and then here's the other thing, and I'm not I'm not going to be the guy that goes watch out for soccer. They had eighty thousand people or whatever it was at a game in Charlotte the other night. Oh. They're packed in Atlanta. They're packed in in uh, cities around the country. And the point is, regionally, that's a sport that's healthy. And ask me who, who's going to those games. Yeah, young people. Yeah, regionally. Yeah, nobody's keeping up nationally. Hey, man, Atlanta United. Guess what? It's a pretty big story in Atlanta mm-hmm. among among that fan base. Well, if those if that fan base goes, well, you know what? If the guy that goes, you know, I've been going to Braves games. They're not playing. I'm going to go check out this soccer thing. My kid plays soccer. And little Johnny goes, hey, this was fun. Okay. Well, that's how you lose fans. Yeah. One story out of the NFL yesterday, the Colts trading Carson Wentz to um, Washington yesterday. The Commanders. That's correct, yes. I, I finally stopped saying Redskins, I think. I think it's out of my system after all that time. I've the kind commanders. of gotten – I'm having an easier time with Commanders than I am Guardians, if I'm honest. Yeah. that's that. There's there's something there that I'm still well, struggling Well, the Guardians with. aren't going to play. The Commanders will. So. Okay, fair enough. What's interesting, though, is that, look, Wentz was terrible down the stretch. He blew the game against Jacksonville that would have gotten him into the playoffs in Week 18. He wasn't alone blowing that game, by the no, way. Of course the Colts not. were bad. But his day. stats were fine. 35-63, yeah. 27 touchdowns, 7 picks. He was all right. Yeah, he was terrible. Good. He was good. It wasn't really about on the field. As Again, reading from the athletic, Zach Kiefer, he had a breakdown in the situation yesterday. And his point was that they didn't trust him to be the quarterback of their franchise, essentially. That he says this was not a football move. Wentz's play, inconsistent as it was to close the year, wasn't a deciding factor. Colts Brass simply didn't trust him to be the franchise quarterback moving forward, and they weren't willing to bring him back in 2022 and hope for better. Thus, the decision was made swiftly after Week 18 debacle in Jacksonville. He would not return for a second season in Indianapolis. The quarterback learned he was on shaky ground with the organization over the last month when he reached out to Ursay in hopes of setting up a meeting to clear the air. In quotes, a source said Ursay declined the meeting because he was out of town. Ooh. That was a sign. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm so who's going to be the Colts quarterback now? They're in the Garoppolo sweepstakes. Okay. The Saints are too. Um, don't know from there. Carson Wentz to Jimmy Garoppolo. That's kind of like going from vanilla to vanilla. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, have you tried this bluebell vanilla? No, but I've had. The, it's a little uh, more visually appealing. Yeah. That, that's what it is. I've had the Ben and Jerry's vanilla. Garoppolo's a better looking dude. That's, yeah, that's that's Jimmy G's a good looking guy. He is, yeah, yeah. sure. Probably doesn't have a hard time. That's yeah. Uh, the Colts are just the Colts are vanilla right now. Yeah, they are completely nondescript. They're kind of what I used to think about the Titans. Like they weren't bad, not really great. Like they're just there. Like they they look like a create a team on a video game. Like they are kind of Titans light. Yeah, there's a certain just kind of yeah. And then they're in the same div- It's that division. There's something about that division because it's Indianapolis, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston. Like, yeah. Wait, wait, where are we getting the, the where's yeah. the appeal? Where's yeah. the, where's the fire in that? Like, hey, you live in the uh, Titans market. What's the incentive to get NFL Sunday ticket? The Titans division. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Because that Titans Colts game is, oh. Yeah. 
when you when you're watching the you're watching that division tilt between Jacksonville and Houston this afternoon. Yeah, you're watching the ticker. It's like I could be watching Bengals Ravens right now, and I'm watching this. That's tough. Their division is the problem. NFL divisions, baseball similar, same thing. They they dictate sure appeal, of course. It's one of the reasons why we're bored a little bit with the Packers is that the other teams have kind of sucked. Yes. Vikings, Lions, Bears. Eh. Yeah. You know, it's why we like the NFC West. They all kind of want to kill each other. Yeah, it's why we like the AFC West now. Yeah. Back in the day, everybody, when the Giants were good and the Redskins were good and the Eagles were good and the Cowboys were good, the NFC East was awesome. Everybody hated each other and it was always good. I mean, the AFC West, Derek Carr might be the worst is the worst quarterback in the league, in the division. And Derek Carr's okay. He's all right. Yeah. Derek Carr would play for a lot of teams. Now, if you're doing who do I want and who am I taking, I mean, it's a clear one, two, three, four. But, I mean, I'll take Russell over Derek. You're obviously going to take Herbert and Mahomes over those two. Yes. To start your your, your franchise. Yes. It's still Mahomes one, Herbert two. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But Russell Wilson's – he will be interesting. He makes Denver interesting. Now. He does. When Denver gets on TV, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm watching that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of dialed in. As opposed to last year when the Broncos came on, and you're like, ah, eh, they're just not good enough, and you knew you weren't. And Seattle has gone from interesting to not interesting. I have no interest really. Well, in and Seattle. I said this yesterday. I, I give them credit for looking in the mirror and going, ah, eh, we're, we're, we're not ready for this dance. Mm-hmm. We don't need, we don't need to go to this party. We're going to get embarrassed. Let's fix. Let's let's take a step back. Let's spend some time fixing ourselves. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. That's not the runway for us tonight. Not tonight. Yeah. We need to we need to go on a diet. So. Yeah. Okay. We will um have more at rebelgrove.com. Again, Ole Miss basketball done for the season. Ole Miss baseball, Oral Roberts this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think the weather's good today. You're in the sixties. Enjoy it before it gets quite chilly. Moving forward for the next couple of days, including definitely on Saturdays, we got snow Friday night potentially, and then into Saturday with like forty or something. The high for uh, for Oxford on Saturday. Yeah, the high tomorrow is sixty six. The low of twenty two. Yeah, oh, good God. The high Saturday. Have fun. It's thirty six. The low is twenty. Really. And then uh, Sunday, it's a high of fifty five. Low of thirty three. Okay. So you're okay, except for Saturday. It's going to be. As you say, take a sleeve. Yeah. So enjoy today. Enjoy tomorrow. Head on over Rebel Grove, and we'll talk to you again soon.